Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Muscle aches. Rashes. To find an answer. Hair loss. I'm so tired. You need to ask your doctor the right question. Could I have lupus? For answers, for support, for hope, visit couldihavelupus.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office on Women's Health and the Ad Council. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter.com slash Joy Keys, or you can become a fan on Facebook. Just look up Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. And now I'm on Instagram. Yeah, check me out there. Lots of cool pictures. You guys know I do giveaways, so if you uh, tag me in a photo, <coughs> you could win a prize. And... Um, Again, I encourage you to follow on Twitter, Facebook, and there are also announcements about giveaways there. I'll be giving away actually uh, some books today, so you guys better stay tuned. I'm not going to tell you how you're going to win, but you just got to stay tuned. Um, I just want to say thank you, too, for all your support. I've been doing this show for six years now, and you guys have been awesome, the audience calling in, um, you know, writing, listening, I guess sharing with friends because we're past a million downloads or, you know, more. So thank you uh, for your support, uh, and and I'm just um, really blessed uh, for the you guys, the listeners, but also for the guests I've had on the show. Again, just want to say thank you. Well, today we have a phenomenal writer, professor, mom, filmmaker, uh, coordinator of other writers, readings, all types of things she does. She has a lot of hats she wears, uh, but today we're going to be talking about her novel, into the Go Slow, and her name is Brigitte M. Davis. Good morning, Brigitte. Good morning, Joy. Good morning. Well, thank you so much for calling this morning, and thank you for writing this beautiful novel. Oh, well, thank you for having me on the show. I'm really happy, happy to do it. There's so many layers to this book, as I mentioned before we even started. We can't even go into all the different aspects, you know, from, you know, the ethnic issues and the feminist issues, um, all types of things, political, music, wow. So we're we're going (laughs) to do a couple things this morning. Actually, let's talk about the music. The music is awesome. Thank you. Oh, my gosh, so (laughs) many memories. I actually listened to the soundtrack as I was reading the book, Uh, so why don't you talk to the audience about what I'm saying music. I know what I'm talking about. They don't know what I'm talking about. So why don't you explain <laughs> what I'm talking right. about, the music. <laughs> well, the um, story takes place in the 80s, and that was an absolutely wonderful, um, rich musical period in our culture, right? And so it gave me an opportunity mm-hmm. to really draw on all these amazing and really powerful artists who were out um, making, you know, great songs. And because this is um, a novel that's set on two continents, it gave me a chance to draw upon the biggest African musician in the 80s, which was Sela. 
And mm-hmm. so I love the ability to really um, celebrate music, you know, from both American artists and from African ones. And, you know, honestly, I'll tell you, because I grew up in Detroit during the, mm-hmm. the rich period of Motown and, and, and beyond, I guess in my mind, you know, there's always a soundtrack to your life. Yes. And so that was really ultimately what I was trying to capture. These songs helped to define the characters as well as the period. So, yeah, oh the my music God. is so vital to me. <laughs> you know? Oh, my God. I was like, oh, no, yes, oh, my God, yes. I just was screaming, like, I'm reading the book, and then my mom's like, uh, what are you doing? I thought you were reading <laughs> Yes, I'm listening to the music, you know. And uh, it's like Little Freak and Hotel California, uh, I'm mm-hmm. familiar with Sailor, but uh, some of the songs, um, Zombie, oh, my God. So yes. it was just for me, I was I was there. And great. to listen to it while reading the book was a great ambiance. Uh, I would encourage, I mean, some people may not be able to read and listen to music, but for me it was awesome. Even though, you know, the songs may have been coming in at different points, it didn't mm-hmm. matter. It just took me back, like, like to that where where was I when that song was playing? Like I remember platform shoes, different things, just where I can the smells you know, it's so it was a great, you know, great uh, idea to, to in a sense have a soundtrack, if you will, you know? Yeah, I'm so happy to hear that you did that. I think that's fantastic. That was my hope, you know, that people would see the soundtrack as like um, you know, a kind of addendum to the story. And would either, mm-hmm. as you've done, listen to it while you read the book. That's amazing. I'm so happy to hear yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, now the book, um, um, the book focuses on two sisters. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. there are three in the book, but the main two um, are Ella and, and Angie. And um, uh, unfortunately, well, let's see. Do I want to give this away? Yeah, okay. I tell that part very early, so you in the story, yeah, that's so true. you're not giving too yeah, much so, away. Yeah. That's true, right? Yeah, so so the the older sister dies, and the younger yeah. sister is trying to basically find out what happened or what's going on, and she's also trying to find out who she is, you know, and and um, so you bridge that by sending her back to uh, Nigeria, uh, which is where her older sister passed away. So. Um, you you bridge these continents, but let's talk about this sister. I have a I have a stepsister. Do you have any sisters? Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. Yeah. The sister yeah, relationship has one that so passed, unique, right? Isn't it? Yes. Yes. Mhm. And um, I I see the um, you dedicate the book to her. I didn't know if you had any others, but it's very unique. It's different than the brother because I have a brother. And oh, it's um, not the same at all, is it? It's not. It's, it's very different. And then how they interact with the mother, that mm-hmm. was very honest. And I thought that was a very honest uh, way you laid that out, the relationship. I don't know mm-hmm. if other people, when they read it, will feel that way, but I felt everybody has their role. Yes. That's and, how it um, happens in the family constellation, right? We all sort yes. of settle into a role. Yes, and that was great. I really appreciated that. 
because I thought that was so truthful and honest. It wasn't like made up, like everybody's the same, all the sisters the same, they all get along with mom the same, they all get along with that. It doesn't work like that because we all come into the parents' lives at different times. Exactly. If you will. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Some people yeah. say that we're all born into a different family. Yes. I, I think in a way we are because my mm-hmm. brother and I have a different relationship and we were at a, our parents were at different stages in their lives, and my stepsister has a completely different view of the whole dynamic, the family dynamic and even different memories of same events. Like, I'm like, no, that didn't happen. Yes, you were, you blah, 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 blah. She's like, uh-uh, I'm like, what are you talking about? Then I had to call my grandmother and verify, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, no. Right. So <laughs> it, it, that was, um, that was uh, great. Um, and... Um, it, it was really sad. She was really mourning. She, I, she was depressed. I felt like Angie was depressed. Yes, yes. Angie was stuck in her life, and I wanted to really explore what I thought was a, a much truer experience of someone who not only was getting over the loss of her sister, but also at this precipice in her life. You know, you graduate from college, and you're supposed to be prepared to go out in the world and, you know, really achieve and conquer, and often it's really the opposite. I'm a professor. I teach students and have done it for many years. How many times have students said to me, oh, my God, I'm a senior. I'm terrified. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not really – it's so young when you look about, look back and think about it, 21, 22. You don't really understand um, the pressure is intense, and you're not sure yet. You're just so unsteady. And so I wanted to really capture that for this African-American woman who was in, the, in this period in our history in the 80s trying to figure out, am I like a Cosby kid? Am I going to be a buppy? Am I going to be a revolutionary like my sister? Mm-hmm. I, I really don't even know who I am, how to be black in the world, what's next for me, and I'm really still mourning. Four years later, I'm still mourning the loss of my sister. So she had all of these reasons to be stuck in her life, you know, what you what you yes. call depressed. I, I think you're right. I think that's the right word. She was depressed. I think she was depressed. I mean, people, depression has different faces, but I think that, that long, long, uh, I can't think of the word at the moment, missing my tongue, but it was over such a long period of time. And I know people who've lost their mother, um, and it takes them several years. I've had several girlfriends who've lost their mothers, in recent years, and it took them like two or three years. Mm-hmm. I mean, mourning, one. mourning, and grief—you yes. can't put a time frame on that. Right, right, yeah. And everybody's different. So she she goes to Africa to try to unravel, as you say, what's going on. But I think also, like you said, she's in a precipice of her life, the beginning of her life, so where is she going? So she's ending one thing, but she's trying to begin another thing. Also now you have um, a lot of um, this issue, which you mentioned just now, about how to be black. Yes. Uh, How to be African, even. Not just how to be black. You know, you think the word black, you think America. But also when you go to Nigeria, you bring up the issue of how to be Nigerian. Because yes. that is, um, you poke the bear, so to speak. You know, what's the proper mm-hmm. way to behave 
Um, and then what's the proper way to behave as in a black American in Nigeria? Yeah, that's pretty deep. <laughs> you know, there's not a, a call, not a obviously. Business. We didn't know about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, when you're writing, I know this is true for me and probably most writers, I wanted to capture so many different things in the book, and I really wanted it to be layered and complex And because life is that way, right? And I mm-hmm. often feel that when you see black lives depicted, they seem a little too simplistic. And, and in yeah. my mind, if anyone should have a complex life, it should be an African-American. I mean, we have well, all kinds of layers of complication and things we have to consider that, you know, people of the larger culture do not. And one of them is, how will I lose this world with this black skin? You know, we kind of consciously are unconscious. Yeah. Our skins are different colors. What people don't realize, I think sometimes they, when they think of Africa, uh, they think dark. And that and can mean many things. Yeah. What would you say? Yeah. I was just going yeah, to say, and yeah. even that is really a misnomer. I mean, Africa is a continent with 55 countries, I believe, and in each mm-hmm. one you have people from myriad tribes and ethnicities and backgrounds speaking myriad languages. So mm-hmm. it, there is just no way to generalize about people um, who live on the continent. And even in Nigeria, right. it was important to me to show people who were from Lagos, which is in the south of the country, and then I really wanted to take the reader to another part of the country, completely different, Kano, in the north, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. has people who don't resemble the Nigerians in the southern region at all. You know, they're very different physically and with different religions, and, you know, they have a different faith and yeah. different culture, really. And so that was, you know, I was like, I want people to understand the continent in a way that isn't always depicted when you read about it. And you see an African-American going to Africa, you always think, oh, you know, this person's going to find their roots. But it's so much more than that. There's, right. there's a contemporary you, you culture that. there. Right, you do mention that. Let's talk what? about um, let's talk about this um, issue uh, again, staying on this issue of what it means to be black, because I think that's such an important issue. And that Ella is a Buddhist. She's Sarchani, and I thought that was so crazy because I was raised Chani Namiho Rengeko. Were you? Oh, that's great. For hear. 19 years. For, I was, so I'm half <laughs> Baptist and I'm half Buddhist. And that's and not that unusual. But it was very unusual as a black person who I don't have the church experience. Like, I had a church yeah. every, like, I, I could count on my hand, okay? Right, but right. so when I grew up, and I'm in my, you know, college years, and black people are talking about, oh, yeah, that church, this and that, and then I got old. I'm sitting there like, I don't have that experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. would not speak on that I didn't have because I would be scared because then people look at what? Mm-hmm. Well, what are you? And, like, right. twitch their nose and everything. And it was like, but I'm still black. Yeah, of course. But I, yeah, I like, overall, I was, yeah, I was like an alien, I felt. <laughs> well, the thing <laughs> I want to say, I mean, that is a great anecdote. I'm, I'm really happy to hear that because I think that there are more outliers 
in the black community than we realize. So you felt unique, and then you read about a similar character in my book because there are many, many people who didn't um, have what we consider a classic or typical African-American experience. And yet we're all, we're all black, you know, we're all part of this culture. But what gets depicted, what we come to understand is always very limited and limiting. And I wanted to say, look, you know, there are also ways to be black. And they're even in the same family. Mm-hmm. So I definitely. was, yeah, I was definitely trying to, like, enlarge the depictions and characterizations. Well, I'm, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> now, you want to, uh, I asked you if you could read a little bit from your book. Would you mind sure. doing that now? Okay. Sure. I, I would love to. I'd be happy to. So I'm going to read a very short, it's about a minute or two, in, uh, excerpt. And this is the very beginning of Angie's experience in Nigeria. So this is the chapter that opens with her literally arriving. Mm. Okay? Yes, go ahead. Mm-hmm. The first thing Angie noticed about Africa was the smell. The air was redolent with the scent of damp, fresh-turned earth, tropical, and as far away from Detroit as you could get. She walked down the steps of the plane, her first sight of the continent, a stretch of tarmac, and beyond that, a massive glass and stone building, the gleaming, elegant Murtala Muhammad International Airport. A crew of Nigerian workers whizzed by in a dizzying array of bold-patterned shirts, hurling luggage from the belly of the plane onto waiting carts. She inhaled deeply, filling her lungs with the burdened air. Exhaling, she promised herself she would never forget this moment. Inside, the terminal was teeming with people of myriad hues. Erect men stood in long dashiki beside women in matching lace head wraps and skirts, children scattered throughout, running toward outstretched hands. Two Nigerian pilots passed by. Their uniforms, crisp and imposing, Angie had never seen a black pilot in her life, certainly not two. Everywhere she looked, behind ticket counters, at the customs desk, within waiting areas, she saw black men and women nonchalantly in charge. Even though she knew she was headed to an African country, she hadn't been prepared for this, for dark-skinned men and women moving through a public space with ease and grace. Instantly, she understood her sister Ella's devotion to the Pan-African movement. This was what it was all about, black people in charge running their own country. She felt like a girl who had landed in a scene from The Wiz, its afro eyes long hidden from view, and now she has found it. Mm-hmm. She found a lot of things <laughs> in Nigeria. She found a lot of things. Let's talk about this issue of uh, the smells, I guess, in class, somehow that connected for me. Because um, her father 
the father figure uh, works uh, as a trainer, as a horse trainer, and you talk mm-hmm. about the smells that are there in the stables and what he does. He's very proud of his work. Uh, he's like the, one of the first of his kind to to really be established and respected. Yet he has to deal with racism. Yes. And his children get to see that. Uh, that that was a harsh moment. I, I was like kind of cringing, like, no, are you are you gonna go? I was like, oh, dude, you had to go there. You're gonna call him out. You know, like, are you drunk? Is this white man drunk? What are you doing? You know what I mean? <laughs> I was just like, really? you know, really something. I remember my mother saying to me once, if you ever meet a black man in business for himself, you have met a man who's gone through something. And she said it many years ago, but I think it's still applicable today. And I wanted to show all of it, the tenacity, the vision, the determination, the passion that a black man can have for this thing he wants to do with his life, and then all of the resistance and stress that comes with maintaining or trying to maintain his integrity as he does this thing that he cares about. And in this case, his being a horse trainer meant that he had the responsibility of training the horses of wealthy men who'd spent lots of money purchasing those horses and had high expectations and were, let's face it, often filled with racist beliefs. So it was a way to just really depict the complicated struggles and the success of a man who um, decided to do this with his life, you know. At a, for, at a high price, but absolutely it was worth it to him. You know, both things can be true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know it well, was an uncomfortable is, thing, but... No, no, well, I thought you, you wrote yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Well, and, 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 and I, parallel, I parallel that to your story uh, when you talk about um, Nigeria. Nigel and being in Nigeria, and he's around the other white um, reporters. You know, he's trying to do his thing. And he is telling Angie about how I don't know if it's him or Brenda is telling telling Angie about how the white reporters are going into these towns and basically getting their African on, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, trying to sleep with you know the, the the African women, and then also the white women coming to these towns and trying to sleep with the black or African men, um, and then you know, so it's happening at different places where there's this racism, and then. There's also racism towards the black Americans. Like there's oh, yes. some um, some uh, unique special specimen uh, in Africa because they're mm-hmm. black Americans, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But just in terms of the racism happening in in um, Nigeria uh, as well, you know, in a country yeah, where I mean, no one escapes it. No one escapes that. Yes. Factor because after all it was a colonized country for many years, mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. the effects of that still permeate the culture. How could they not, right? Oh, definitely, and that's I think. But yet and still, but the part that you just read, Angie is talking about how she was so I guess entranced with the black. Africans walking very regally, very Mm -hmm. proudly. And, you know, I thought about that, and I thought about a picture my cousin sent me of my, 
not my grandfather, my great-grandfather. And in the one picture he has on overalls, and he's kind of like slouching a little. So I said, well, you know, he's old. You know, he's an old man or something. <laughs> and then the other picture he's wearing a suit. Mm-hmm. But after reading that sentence, when I, when, I, when I thought back to it, I thought how black people have to slouch, if you will, or had to slouch, if you will, for such a long time. They could not walk around with their head high, proud, eye to eye with the dominant right. culture because then you would be broke down. Right. At some so, point in the culture, yeah. you know, it was dangerous. They, they were risking their lives to just mm-hmm. walk proudly and look someone in the eye. It's still dangerous. Hello, Mike Brown, Eric Carter. Yeah. You Hello. know, you're just like, Hello. I can't, we can't do it. You can't do it. They can't see how somehow there's this fear still. There's this it's absolutely illogical fear. Not, not you know, there are good and bad people in all cultures. Let me not, let me not like, make it like somebody's, you know, Totally, yeah, uh, but you're making any, a very you know, good but, point. You're making a yeah. good point, though. I mean, listen, I really recommend that every African American make it his or her business to travel to the continent at some point in their lives, any country, because you mm-hmm. can't understand what it means to have no, no sort of experience with that kind of um, submissive uh, way of being that was mm-hmm. vital mm-hmm. in this country for survival, but that Africans have no understanding of. And so it's a little dissonant, like disconnect feeling when you first see it. You know, like they look like every black American I know, but they have a whole different sort of way of of sort of being in possession of their body. And it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also if you go to other places, um, to see other types of, if you will, white people, and how other there I've been overseas, and how they treat you as uh, a black American. Mm-hmm. That for some black Americans, feel all white people are bad, they're racist, it's and that, you know. And other places, they may or may not be, you know, mm-hmm. and that they're just looking at you as a human. You're just a human, like you know what I mean, and you're black. And they appreciate all aspects. So there's there's no, like, uh, not that you're not black, you know, because I don't like that. I don't like people say I don't see color. I can't oh, say that. I'm, I'm, I don't like that. That's yeah. that's me. That color made me. I, I have experiences because of that color. You can't not see my color. Then you're ignoring a part of me. That's just me. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. But um, I agree. it's important to travel. Yeah, yeah it's important. Well, <laughs> Bridget, um I'm going to be giving away some copies of your book, Into the Go Slow. And, oh, oh Into the Go Slow, let's talk yes. about the title real quick, okay? Because yes. I had a couple meetings there, too. But Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, you know, it's funny, that title, that title, I mean, of course you can imagine my editor at Feminist Press was like, really? Do you really need to have that title? And I had to convince her, yes, I want to stick with it. Because it is an unusual title. And people don't immediately know what I'm talking about, what the title means. Um, but I'm hoping that it creates some curiosity and then people open the book and they figure it out. But basically the term go slow is a term that Nigerians use to describe traffic jams. You know, they're very clever mm-hmm. with language. And in their patois, mm-hmm. they have all these fabulous expressions. 
And when I first heard it, I just loved it because that is what happens, you know, when you're in a traffic jam. You go slow. But yeah. the more I thought about it, the more I thought, this is an amazing metaphor for what I'm trying to say. It's really speaking to what Angie's going through. She's stuck in her life. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. she's going slow, and she needs to push through that traffic jam in yeah. her heart, right? Yeah. Move forward See? Okay. In her life. That's, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and also, so, you yeah, mentioned again about going slow in relationships. That, yeah, that that's perfectly it. to go slow in relationships, to build trust. You know, because exactly, um, I have her sister write her, the sister Ella, who you know dies ultimately. You know, Angie reads all these letters that Ella sent her when she was initially in Nigeria, and she says to her about a relationship. So happy to hear that you're in love, but take my advice, go slow. Mhm. Yep. You know, I so it that. has me. I caught that. <laughs> you caught that good. <laughs> Yeah, so it was a great it was a great read. I would suggest again people read it with the soundtrack. Um, I've tweeted the soundtrack, um, but also you can go to uh, the Bridget's uh, website and it's BridgetteDavis.com um, slash into the go slow, and there she has the soundtrack. It's just awesome. I mean, because I grew up. During that time, so for me, it's awesome. Other people might be like, "What? I don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> no, I think I'd I like to think everybody would love it. You know, even people who haven't maybe heard all the songs. They're such great. It's such great music, right? So, oh, yes. really yes. great to introduce it to a new audience. Well, they're spinning it into rap music. These different songs that 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 are playing, they're spinning them into the, today's rap music. Yes. Um, uh, so, when you're at a club, you've heard you've heard this. Um, you're some, you, you've heard these songs, and then you'll be like, mm-hmm. oh, that, so if you weren't born during that period uh, or before, I was born actually before the period, but um, so as a young adult I was listening to these songs, but then if you are now, it's in the rap music, and you'll be like, yeah. oh, that was the whole song, you know? So <laughs> don't worry. The book is for young people, if I will say older people, <laughs> and so who knows what older is because, I could be considered an old woman. <laughs> but anyway, um, check um, Bridgette out on Twitter also, Bridgette M. Davis uh, on Twitter. And, again, her website is BridgetteMDavis.com, uh, uh, and there she has the soundtrack and um, to, to the book. And I'll be giving away some copies of the book. So you want to follow me at Joy Keys on Twitter. Become a fan on Facebook. Look up Saturday mornings with Joy Keys. Or you can check me out on Instagram. And, again, if you tag me in a photo on Instagram, you could possibly win a book today. Thank you so much, Bridget, for coming on. Thank you so much, Joy. And thank you for this. This show, you're doing really important work, and I just want to thank you for it. Oh, thank you so much. You have a great Saturday. Get out of that car get some fresh air. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. All right. Bye. Thank you, everybody, again for tuning in. I hope you guys have a wonderful Saturday, a great holiday. Uh, This is going to be my last show for the year, so I'll see you guys next year. And uh, you can listen to the archive shows uh, here on Blog Talk Radio, and you can also download them on iTunes. If you just look up Joy Keys, uh, the shows will come up, uh, and you can look them with the title, click on the title, and listen to shows from the last six years uh, of me doing this. Again, thank you so much, and I hope you guys have a great Saturday. Muscle aches, rashes. 
To find an answer. Hair loss. I'm so tired. You need to ask your doctor the right question. Could I have lupus? For answers, for support, for hope, visit couldihavelupus.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office on Women's Health and the Ad Council. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.